0: Hello, amazing parents and caretakers. And welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace love and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone, welcome to another great episode of Pumped Up Parenting. I'm Celia Kibler and today my guest is Dana Baker-Williams of Parenting in Real Life, a fellow parenting coach. And we are going to team up today to give you lots of information about ADHD, anxiety, and how it has really pumped itself up in people over all this COVID stuff. So Uh, Dana is a mommy. She's a mom of two. She's a parent and teen coach and she writes all about parenting and mental health in various publications throughout the world. So I would like to introduce you to Miss Dana Baker-Williams. Welcome Dana. Hi, thank you. Nice to be here. We're excited to have you here because you know um, as we were just talking about, and we decided to stop talking and actually record. <laughs> really, the anxiety thing has upped its game in all of COVID, and you know, no, no one more so than children because children don't have the tools to right. understand and handle it. I mean, you know, as adults, we're like, okay, it's we hard. have this pandemic we're struggling we don't know what it's going to end when it's going to end but we do actually logically know it's going to end because other pandemics have ended you know polio ended typhoid ended they yes you know they came to ends right children have no clue about that they don't, no, know they don't have any end. perspective exactly they've got nothing to relate it to and right. perspective is so much a part of life so um so they struggle a lot It causes a lot of chaos in the home. It causes a lot of friction and it causes a lot of irritability, which leads to a lot of yelling and anger, which, you know, I'm, my mission is to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids.
1: And it's
0: just heightened. It's all heightened in all of this.
1: It's all crazy. Yeah. And the, and the other thing is the kids don't actually, they don't even have the tools to name what they're feeling. So, like we know that we're stressed or we know that we're anxious about this or we're upset, but they just have these feelings. They don't have a way of coping with them. And so they can't even name them because they're just like this, you know, they just, they're just blowing up in their heads. And um, I think that makes it extra hard because then if, if they're anxious and having all these big feelings, they get scared from the feelings. So they're crying or they're tantruming and they don't know why. And we, either yell at them because we're stressed out and anxious ourselves, so that's how how we handle it. Or or we try to take that step back and say, okay, she's this loud and this upset because she doesn't know what to do with all of these bottled up emotions and she doesn't know how to cope with them. Um, Exactly,
0: they they come out in all kinds of ways. They come out in stomach aches, they come out in headaches, they come out in irritability
1: because you're at school,
0: right? They, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they, um, the, the ADD or ADHD that your child may have normally gets enhanced because of the anxiety that creates
1: even higher levels of inattention and hyperactivity. And And there's a 30% commodity and anyway, there. So, so 30% of people who have ADHD also have anxiety, at least 30%. Um, so, then you get them both riled up and, you know, it's kind of crazy town at home. Right. Um, it's like, you
0: yeah. know, I always tell parents, remember that old saying that parents used to say, and I'm bewildered to bet a lot of parents still say, <laughs> you know, if you don't stop crying, I'll give you something to cry about, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, I always tell parents, they clearly have something to cry about because they are. <laughs> they're crying. Yes. So there must be, it may not be a reason you like, it may not be a reason you agree with, but right. they're crying, so for them, it, there is a reason. Yes, and with there's all always this reason. tension and stress. They may cry a lot more. They may yell a lot more. They may throw something because it's their brain reacting to an emotion that they don't know how to control or regulate.
1: Right, and that's why when when they're at their worst, quote unquote, you know, is when we as parents need to be more loving. And at our best, which is hard to lean into those tantrums, you know, they are, it is, but if you can lean in and just hold them, I remember, you know, my daughter and just holding her when she was in the middle of a fit, because I could tell that she was actually scared by her own emotions. You know, I mean, I, that's what I thought was happening anyway. And when I held her, it really helped calm her down because the heartbeats can align, right? Even, exactly. if, even if they don't do anything in their brain or you don't say anything, the physiological makes a change for them and it right. just calms them down. But of course, exactly. as parents, you know, it's hard to do that when somebody's having a fit. Exactly. I remember my grandkids used to,
0: two of my grandchildren lived with us for two years. And um, one of them was four at the time, and one of them was eight. And the four-year-old used to be very high emotions. And, and he would throw tantrums often if he didn't get his way. And he was throwing a tantrum. And... You know, I I like usually would let him, you know, throw his tantrum and try to talk to him or make it worse sure. or anything. But um, a couple of times I would just sit there on the couch and and Mason would be throwing his tantrum right over there <laughs> on the carpet. And I would just sit there and go, boy, Gammon, they call me Gammon, like I'm from the planet Denon. I kind of <laughs> like it. But um, they'd go, Gammon, I would say Gammon really needs a hug oh, do I need a hug? I really wish someone would hug me. I really want a hug. I wonder if anybody would hug me. And eventually, because I put it on me and not Mm -hmm. him, he eventually relaxed. He crawled up to my lap and you could just feel everything about him melt, like in my arms and relax, you know? Yeah. And, and he gave me a hug and I gave him really big, wonderful hugs. But, um, but it's like, you know you can just you know calm them in various ways as opposed to getting mad. When you get mad at some, right. as a child just throwing a tantrum, you're not helping the situation.
1: No, no, you escalate it. And, and the really, the big question is, okay, can I take that step back and deescalate the situation instead of dialing up the crazy, which is what happens if you engage with them really in any way, or if you're just angry, or, or even if you're afraid and that fear comes out as anger, which is also true for parents, right? And any of that, just you need to just say, okay, I got to I gotta calm myself down because if I can't be calm, this is going to not end well for any of us. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I,
0: I tell parents, it's like your goal is to flip a switch in their brain. You know, a, the child's brain is so under, underdeveloped, but it's so yeah. highly developed for emotion. But yes. If, they don't have logic. They don't have self-regulation. They can't go, oh, I'm really angry about this, but let's see, I could punch this person in the face, or maybe oh. I could throw a fit, or maybe I could just sit and calm down and think about it and then have it. none of that goes no. on That's in the child's nothing. brain. They get upset, and whatever that brain throws out due to that them being upset is what happens it may be they bite somebody it may be they throw a tantrum it may be they throw something maybe they hit something but the thing is you it is like you know people always like my child will go from from mad to angry to happy to thrilled to, to you know to disappointed to excited like because that's how the brain is made yes. up of. so you're trying to calm them down so that the switch flips from anger, disappointment, whatever phase Mm -hmm. they're in, tantrum, to happy, which could be with a flip of a switch. It really can be crazy that way. Exactly. But when you feed into that anger, you just elevate it. They don't have the capacity to listen to you trying to rationalize
1: the whole situation at that point of time. And we need to give them a skill that's more than just being rational, I mean, they do have these feelings and they need to put them somewhere. I mean, we all, anger is okay. Anger is okay. Is. Anxiety is okay. We just need to find a way to express it. So for instance, instead of throwing things and screaming, you know, you hand them a pillow to punch or a mattress to bite. Or, I recommend you know, that, that And say, you can go in your room and you can hit your bed and whatever. That's totally fair. It's okay to be anxious and angry and whatever you're feeling. And that's one of the other things that I think I find with my clients is that um, we're so quick to tell someone they're wrong about, like you know, if they're worried. Oh, it's okay, everything's fine. Um, whereas validating them, validating whatever feeling they're having, is so important, and it really does bring down that level of chaos because it doesn't mean that you say yes, there's a monster under your bed, but it's like yes, I know that you believe there's a monster, you know it. I know what you're feeling. I hear you. I feel you. And we're going to cope with that. As opposed to, no, 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 there's nothing there. Let's, you know, don't worry about it. You're being silly. Exactly. Which is good
0: advice for adults too. Yes, to to Validate (laughs) and not just say, oh, don't worry. You'll be fine.
1: Yeah. Or calm down, calm down.
0: Right. Calm down. What are you acting like that? (laughs) But that's so true for kids because What happens is when you, instead of blowing off their feelings and just acting like, you know, oh, this is ridiculous that you're feeling this way. Why are you scared that there's a monster? Clearly, there's no monster under your bed, you know. Uh, But the thing is, when you validate feelings, you give them permission to have emotions. And what a gift that is through life. When you take away those emotions, you create cold sometimes heartless children, because they don't know what to do with emotions. They throw them away. They become very stoic and, you know, and they really don't, they're unable to
1: express as they get older and older because it's yeah. been shut down yes. so much growing and up. It'll, it'll float out somewhere. Like you can't, you can only bottle up for so long. Exactly. And <laughs> you went out of space. That's and- right going to explode. So it's much better to give them the ability to have the emotions and admit the emotions as well as cope with the emotions.
0: Right. You know, you know it's like what to do with them after things have calmed down. Don't after try to teach them while they're having
1: a tantrum. No, no, we but... don't teach anything no. while they're having a tantrum. Exactly. Their brain is shut down. They can't hear us at all. And, it's, and you make it worse.
0: So just, but,
1: but your job
0: is to teach them how yeah. to handle the anxiety and, um, and, you know, the whatever emotion they're feeling, validate it, and then give them ideas of ways they can handle it and regulate it. And also, it's by your example. So if you oh, yeah. scream and yell when you're upset, all you're doing is teaching them that that's, that's the response. That's what exactly. you do when you're upset. You throw right. a tantrum. <laughs> Because grown-ups get
1: through a just like children. Oh, oh, yes. We're very good at that. <laughs> yeah. It's monkey see, monkey do, not, you know, do as I say. <laughs> exactly. It's
0: not, yeah. Yeah, guys. Uh, hint. It's never do as I say. It's always do as whatever I'm doing. Right. And Same I thing. always tell parents, whatever you do, whatever, ever, ever, ever you do, you give your kids permission to do. Yeah. So- Don't be surprised when they do it because you're basically walking up to them saying, I give you permission to run around and, and throw a tantrum and throw things just like I'm doing with you or your father or your mother, or, you know, whoever relationship, they're witnessing.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So talk Uh, a little
0: bit about ADD and ADHD. Um, And you know, I, you know, the COVID world has really created, you know, a lot of um, varying degrees of this, but overall, can you just touch on it a little bit and talk yeah. about it for those well, ADHD, parents that deal with it?
1: ADHD is um, different for each person that has it, right? Some have hyperactivity, some have impulsivity. Um, most have some some disattention, inability to have attention, um, but, but it is really very individual. And often it comes with anxiety or it could come with like a dyslexia or a memory processing issues. So you've, you've got um, a whole lot of area in the brain that is uh, wired a little bit differently. And so kids might um, fidget a lot. They might have trouble paying attention. They could forget things. They could forget to do their homework or lie, quote lie. We think it's lying. I did my homework. They could have forgotten that they didn't do their homework, so they assumed they did their homework. Um, they lose things, they could talk too much, you might not read the room, so they, they don't wait their turn. Um, they have problems with friendships sometimes, so, so one of the things that is important is if you can diagnose that your child has ADHD early, um, then you can teach them the social skills that they may lack otherwise and, and save them some grief. Uh, And certainly during COVID, one of the reasons that it's kind of um, skyrocketed is because you have so much virtual learning. So these kids who do okay, and some actually do great straight A students, I've got several clients who are calling me now because their kid was a straight A student, and she's literally failing now in high school because because it's virtual. So you have someone who can't pay attention to something or is a hands-on learner, and they're not even in the same building as their teacher and they're staring at a computer screen for hours, which means that they've got distractions all over the place. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. I mean we're distracted, we check our phone all the time, so sitting there having your kid expecting them to stay on Zoom for four hours without a problem, it's just not going to happen. It's crazy, it's crazy. And and let, let us define ADD and
0: ADHD, even though I, you know, we think most people know ADD is attention deficit disorder. ADHD is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Yes, sorry. And, um, you know, I also wanna really say guys that like, if you have a toddler and they're running around a lot, toddlers run around a lot. It does not mean they have ADD or ADHD. I've been teaching toddlers fitness where we <laughs> run around a lot for 40 years. And let me tell you, they run around a lot. Mm-hmm. They run around when I don't want them to run around. They run around when I do want them to run around. Sometimes they don't, you know, they, yeah. there's a lot of energy and you have to make sure you're burning off that energy mm-hmm. of your toddler yep. for... At, at various times during the day because right. they have a right. lot of energy that's how they're wired that's how they're built it does not mean they have a problem
1: it does not the so- problem is though as a parent that you don't know so i'll speak from experience um my daughter was having a lot of tantrums when she was little and she didn't like have too many people at once to play with she didn't like um changing oh my gosh changing of plans threw her into just a tizzy and I didn't know the difference between a meltdown and a tantrum versus a ADHD problem. So, you know, and running around if you have hyperactivity or inattention and not listening, like kids do all those things. (laughs) So, so it's also really hard to, to not know and how, how do you figure that out? So I think one of the ways to figure it out is um, sure, learn about ADHD, but Pay attention to your gut as a parent, because I knew something was wrong, um, and and I didn't know, so it was both, and it took a lot of pushing for us to, to figure it out, pushing up on other people because the other people don't see it. So even you know, elementary school, kindergarten, whatever, stomach aches. Again, you know, you you think that's a stomach ache? Well, it may not be a stomach ache. It may very well be anxiety. Um, or fear of going to school, or separation anxiety from the parent. Um, not being able to sleep at night could be a sleep problem, but could also be separation anxiety. It could be ADHD, where you your brain doesn't shut down. I and mean, one of the things for kids with ADHD is your, your brain's going and going and going all the time. So it's like being at front seat of a Metallica concert or something, where it's just constant inundation of Um, input sensory sensory overload and so all of these things think about when we feel that way and we're overdone and it's in this little tiny package and it's all the time yeah it's overwhelming so like you know I have also
0: worked in the special needs community for 40 years and you know like you I can, you know, work with the child and I know the various um, signs and signals that they have where I can identify certain issues that they have just by working with them. And so when, you know, you say go with your gut, usually it's more than just they're running around and not listening. Right. A lot of running around and not listening. Maybe you need help with, you know, learning a little more about parenting Techniques and strategies that will create, you know, an environment of cooperation and peace in your home, and certainly reach out to me or Dana as we can help with that. But um, you know, there are other things, like Dana said, there are other things that are happening. A lot of stomach aches, or they just don't feel uneasy. They feel, excuse me, uneasy in certain situations that there's no reason really for them to feel uneasy. They're just kind of awkward in that situation. And you can start noticing sensory um, problems where they just, they seem certain sounds or, you know, volumes, volume levels, levels upset them or throw them off. There's, it's usually more than one thing. It's usually
1: definitely more than one thing and often escalates. So as they get older, um, more either more things show up or it escalates and you're not able to calm it down because you could, you're not being effective, you know, as a parent because either you're not using the right tools or you don't have the tools because you don't realize that they, they have ADHD. Um, you know, things like even things like making mistakes and taking risks, you know, that's also a sign, can be a sign of ADHD. Um, you know, memory and memorization when they're little, all, all of those things, and and it's, all, it's often more than one of them. So it's, yep. it's a trend. It's a trend that's going up instead of down as they get older, right? The tantrums get bigger, not smaller. Um, exactly, exactly. They, they don't like change. They, they don't know how to handle that. They can't calm themselves down. They can't keep themselves from talking when they're not supposed to. Um, they, they lose things. They forget things. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. They don't. They don't. Um.
0: They don't sit at the table well. A lot of kids don't sit at the table well. But yeah, exactly. You know. But it's like excessively different. Like they can't sit for five minutes. Like if you have a child who, in one scenario with a um a class or something like that, he's very fidgety, or she's very yes. fidgety. I don't mm-hmm. mean it's like a he, but in a whole nother scenario with another. Person or another teacher, they're fine. Then that's a situational problem. And that child, although often they get blamed for having ADD or ADHD, and they they're like, you know, we may need medication. Clearly, they don't because they're able to handle another situation. (laughs) What they might need is a change of a teacher, because maybe maybe. that teacher and them are not connecting. I mean, I've worked with clients that I've had this exact scenario and they wanted to put them on drugs. And I'm like, don't do it because look at this situation. He's fine for two hours in this
1: class. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, but if they are always having that issue, then that's different. Or if they're they're a learner, right? That's a very different type of learning, Um, you know, or or they're getting reckless or moody or impatient even, interrupting, all those things. Um, together are signs, and, you, and your child's struggling. So then we we need to take those steps to help them and solve the problems for them, um, or give them the ways to solve the problem. But when they're toddlers, it's basically doing it for them because <laughs> they can't do it themselves. Because no, they're toddlers.
0: Right. But yeah. a- exactly, and you know, and but if you are in a situation where there are multiple levels of know for the lack of a better word dysfunction for your Mm -hmm. child then you want look into it you know maybe it's nothing maybe it's just the phase Mm -hmm. they're going through and that's what's happening right now and there are maybe techniques and strategies that you can be adding into your parenting journey that may help with whatever's going on but maybe it is something and better you should attack it young when the child is young so that they're able to deal with it and grow and understand it and learn to live with whatever, you know, symptoms they have due to it.
1: And to hopefully set the right mindset, because, you know, we still need to get rid of that stigma that ADHD or ADD is a problem. I mean, I, I still get questions. Well, is this really real? Isn't it just bad parenting? I'm like, no, it's real. It's a brain disorder. <laughs> it's like you can see it on the brain scan. <laughs> right, it's and no, they're thing. not going to grow out of it. And no, you can't yell it out of them. And you know, so it's so actually important. Thing.
0: You know, yeah. it's not like 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 we were just saying. I would I would guarantee you that most entrepreneurs have some some sure. um was the word the some of- amount of ADD because. I've been an entrepreneur for forty years. I've been a business owner and a business founder, creator. I'm an entrepreneur, not like, you know, I didn't buy somebody's business. I created all my businesses, right. and my mind's always going. That's, that's why too. I always say, you know, I'm a toddler in an old person body. You know, <laughs> I I always say it's my inner child. I've grasped my inner child. It's my yeah. inner grown up. I can't find, but right. you know, it's <laughs> like you know that's that's why. I, you know, toddlers are my peeps.
1: We get along good because <laughs> i the right their level. <laughs> and there's some great stuff about having ADHD, honestly, like there's a creativity, there's imagination, there's an ability to be present, to find joy. There's a fierce loyalty often that comes from it. And, um, you know, th- you can even be perfectionism, is absolutely a thing with ADHD, which which right. people don't understand. They're like, "Well, how can it be?" But it is. They can have hyper focus. They can be very determined because they're trying to overcome, you know, some of their struggles. So it's also important for us as parents to to set that mindset that okay, this is something you have. You are not your ADHD. You have ADHD. It is right. not all bad. There, this is where you'll struggle, but this is where you're thriving. Exactly. You know, and I think that's really important. Both. For, for us as parents to, to see it that way, as well as um, always act that way for the kids so that they don't feel the shame and self consciousness as they grow up, because then you're adding self esteem issues that come from that, you right. know, and shame, and, and we don't want that. And there's, and there's a there's- reason
0: for it. We all yeah. have gifts. Right. And I, you know, you know, I, I feel like so many of these, these challenges that we each have in various ways, everybody yeah. has everybody some has. kind of challenge. Yes. If you really look at it as a gift and what you can learn from it and how you can develop it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I, I have scoliosis, I have three curves in my spine. I wore a body brace from eighth grade to 12th grade, 22 out of 24 hours a day. And if I hadn't had that experience, I don't think my view on life, although I do think I would have been a very always been a happy child and a happy person and a grateful person, but my view on life of seeing the world with a glass half full mindset, I can mark directly from my appointments at children's hospital with this brace, because they were right next to the terminal ward. And here are all these kids. There's a kid losing skin that was going to die in the year. There are kids without legs from cancer. And yeah. all I had was this brace. Yeah. And really, I thought to myself, sure, it wasn't my favorite thing in the world. Not my friend. My father wanted to make a lamp out of it when, when I was done with it. And I'm like, uh, no, thank you. But, <laughs> you know, it was like, how could I complain? Right. This brace came off of me. Right. I at least got to take it off for two hours. Mm-hmm. They, there's nothing those, those kids can do, right? They've got exactly. whatever they've got and they've got to handle it. However, and eventually they won't be here to mm-hmm. handle it, you know, and there are all kinds of learning experience that you can get
1: from anything. Yeah, right? absolutely. And that's how you get resilient too, right? It's all and perspective. It's all compared to what, you know, your yeah. <laughs> exactly. kind of was terrible. But not compared to the kid with cancer. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. It's all perspective. all perspective. Exactly. And if we can't give our kids the positive perspective from the beginning, we're signing them up for more challenges and ourselves up for more challenges because they can't overcome it if they don't feel they have the tools and they don't and they don't feel good about themselves. Right. I mean, self advocacy. That is the biggest thing to teach our kids. Um, and especially if you have any kind of issues because how do you get the help that you need if you if you don't feel confident to ask for if you don't know that you're worth it right exactly and
0: and you know mental health has such a stigma you That's know true. like it's you know you can't even talk about it when the the majority of the problem in my eyes with this world right now is mental health you know yeah, and cool. and the fact that people have to feel bad because they're not feeling great you know and 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 please, parents, don't play the blame game. And by that, I mean, don't go, oh, well, you know, you can't do this because, you know, you have this problem. No, no, you, no. You no. can't. Yeah, I understand. You know, you, you just can't be that good because
1: you have this problem. Don't. Yeah. No. They no. can
0: do anything they want. Yeah.
1: No crutch. It is not no, a crutch. Don't, and it is not don't. an excuse. Exactly. Tackle it in a different way. And that's up to us as parents. I mean, we, it is. Because it's if really we use people. it as an excuse, they'll use it as right. an excuse. And exactly. they'll never believe in themselves. That's exactly it. If we use excuses and crutches and just say, well, you, you can't do this. It's all right. You know, you can't do it well. No, you can't do it well yet. It's, you I, know, find a different way, I, you know, and, and. I and can't do math well yet. <laughs> right,
0: exactly. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not so glad. My yet isn't done yet. <laughs> <laughs> My yet is still going. <laughs> but exactly, yeah. you know, things come quick and, you know, things come super quick to to certain people and things come not so quickly to certain people. Right. And then and just, you know, be persistent, keep trying, yes.
1: keep find, new at
0: it, find new ways. Find new ways. If it sticky, doesn't work that Exactly, you You're know, just- and, Don't give your child the opportunity to use anything that's going on with them as an excuse, Right. elevate them, let them know that they have gifts all over the place. I mean, I always say God didn't make any junk. So (laughs) whatever there is, you're good to go, you know, and you've got it all in here. And And we have
1: to give you the way to learn to, so for instance, ADHD, hurts motivation sometimes, right? It's hard to have that self-motivation because you don't recognize, uh, unless you're really interested in something and it's your passion, you don't really recognize it as something you want to prioritize. So things like rewards work much better than taking something away from kids with ADHD. Use things that are external like clocks and timers, sticky notes, um, colored, colored pens on a mirror, something that engages them and keeps them um, gives them tips and tools to find ways around their their shortcomings of, you know, their executive function. Yes. Right? That's all teachable. Exactly. We can do that. We <laughs> can do a Quizlet with little apps. And, you know, there's a lot of things you can do and have your child do that will compensate for whatever the shortcoming is on the executive functioning level, for instance. Exactly, exactly. And,
0: and you know, don't take away things that are earned. You know, we, um, I, you know, with my fitness business, we run camps, um, in the summer for three to six-year-olds and we do a manners board, which I also, um, have in pumped up parenting for parents to do at home. And it's basically a point system to use manners when not, you know, not manners that are prompted, manners on your own, you know, you just come right. out with them yes. or random acts of kindness. It's a great thing to do at home with any of your kids. That and, is great. And however, like, you know, parents are always like, well, if you're bad, then do I take away points? No, you, you do don't not get take away points <laughs> because those points were earned. Right, right. So you don't take it away. It's not like, you know, somebody gives you $20 and then you messed up at work so they take $20 back no that was earned you can make it twice as hard the next time okay so you know yeah. you 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 talk you talk back you talk nasty what, whatever the situation is you know you you grab from your sister whatever whatever the situation right. was it's going to take you two niceties two manners or two acts of kindness to make earn it. your next point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and so it stays being an encouragement,
1: you yes, know. Positivity and, is so important. Yes, it's so important. It's so, it know? works so much better for kids. I mean, for all kids, but especially it's been proven for kids with ADHD. Um, Absolutely. Taking away that for, for whatever reason isn't what motivates people with ADHD. It's praise, it's um, something good because, because they have self talk in their own head already. About not being good and not being enough. So, we don't have to buy into that. We need to prop them up and show them that that's not the case. Right. And there's a ton of good stuff about them.
0: Exactly. Notice all the good they do because they do a lot of good. They honestly, most kids do a lot more good than they do not so good. I don't even like to say bad.
1: Right. I say not no. so good because I don't like that. No. Because when they're not Something so good, is nothing is strong. bad.
0: Sometimes, right. Exactly. And so, but if you take the time to notice, if they're sitting there working on their schoolwork Mm -hmm. and, you know, they focus for a half hour and then all of a sudden they get all irritable and anxious and you jump at them then and be like, well, you know, what's the problem instead of saying, you know what, you're doing great this half hour, I noticed how well you were focusing on everything. And
1: I know that can be a challenge looking at the screen for a half hour, you know? And actually, 25 minutes, parents, is about what the kids can handle and then they need a break. And that's- Exactly. Okay, you know, that's just what you need to do. And especially with this virtual learning, you need the breaks, you need the snacks, you need the liquid, you have to eat yes. well, have to sleep well. There's so much that goes into all of this. And it's- um, if you just clue into that, you can give them the tools to be able to handle it because they did get up and do a dance for five minutes or right. you know, they did get to eat some protein, which burns them energy more alert. Exactly. You know, exercise every day or, or even every five minutes, every hour.
0: Um, give them water.
1: those places to, to let it out and 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 to get tired so they sleep well at night. Because exactly. It's, it's it can't sleep well if they're not tired out,
0: and, and set an alarm. Like you know, I know, I know the schools are very directed as to what they want kids to do. But I would also speak up if your child cannot handle, like most children can, like most grown ups can, <laughs> two hours in front of the, the Zoom thing, whatever it is, computer. Then speak up about it because you would be better setting an alarm for 20 or 25 minutes and taking a break and you know I've had clients say to me well but you know if they want to do one or two more problems should I let them and honestly I'm like no because you're going to reach that overwhelm stage just take a break go play go run around come back do your two more problems Mm -hmm. you know Because what happens is sometimes they do want to do that one or two problem, but you say, you know what, let's let's take a break. Let's go, let's go do something. Let's play a game real quick. Let's, you know, let's just, you know, run up the stairs, let, you know, let's fix something to eat for dinner or for a snack so that their brain gets that break because they, after that length of time, they're like minutes away from overwhelmed. So Mm -hmm. it,
1: you know, and then it turns the whole game around. Yeah, you're completely completely from yeah, in the back of the line when that happens because you've got to start it over from scratch, you know. And and things like timers that you can see, again, external things will really can help them post it notes instead of right. nagging, you know. I mean <laughs> exactly there's ways to to keep the calm. And it is hard for kids and it's hard for it's hard to be isolated as well. So not only is the learning heart, but you're not with your friends, you know, that's really hard. And being alone with your family all the time can build anxiety for the next time you are going to go out. Right. So then you're nervous about going out. Am I going to get sick? Are you going to get sick? If you go out, mom, you know, so it's, it's a hard time. And I think that the more we can tune into that and realize that, hold on, wait a minute. There's a lot going on, even though it's been going for a year, it doesn't mean it's, you know, okay. Or that it's not affecting them. That's right.
0: It's that like, you know, we're social creatures and the socialness is not happening. It is and not it, And it's very, it can cause loneliness, especially in children that do have challenges, ADD. You know, they can feel secluded. They can feel alone. They can get down on themselves because, you Absolutely. know, they're sitting there and, and they're not connecting or they're not, they're looking at the other kids and they're doing mm-hmm. okay, but they're not. So you know, and people always go, well, you know, they can sit in school for six, seven hours and they're fine. It's not mm-hmm. the same. Everything. And they get breaks in yeah. school. They don't sit at the desk for six or seven hours right? Right, or they eight hours. Up, they, have they move breaks. around
1: six right. different times. They have lunch. They have recess.
0: <laughs> Teachers ask them to do things that, you know, there are yeah. breaks. They're not just sitting there staring at a computer screen, which in right. itself is hard on you.
1: And you're, and you're being talked at. Like right. in school, yes, the teacher may be talking, but you also might be doing things with a partner, you know? And so that too, if you're just being talked at, how, how, how much can you hear? Yes, <laughs> how much exactly. can you take in and actually stock away into your memory? And not not a ton if it goes on too long. Exactly, you know? exactly.
0: So if, if you're a parent and um, you are concerned that, you know, maybe your kids seemed fine before all this virtual learning stuff Mm -hmm. and now they don't
1: seem fine. What do you tell that parent? I tell the parent that there's a reason for that and there's a couple reasons. One is we need to look at what is going on in their lives right now and the fact that there's the virtual learning and is that the only place they're having a struggle? Is it the academics or is it the rest of know their personality and and how they act because if it's more than that seek out you know at least a pediatrician or mental health person or find a coach to help you look through that and see what 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 should we be looking at how can we help them um and sure if they're getting older and you're finding more things wrong not just the learning but the sitting still or the forgetting things or the not following directions, you know, those types of things. And yeah, probably go ahead have the child assess. There's no, it could be anxiety. It could be, it, it could be um, momentary, right? It could be a, a time in place right now because of the virtual learning and because of the isolation but it could also be that that has exacerbated something else that's there. Exactly, exactly. You know, it guys, it's,
0: it. It is not a sign of weakness to ans- ask for help. It's a sign mm-hmm. of strength to reach mm-hmm. out and get help. In my mm-hmm. eyes, it's opposite. It's a sign mm-hmm. of weakness to just ignore it right. and and assume it's all going to get better and it's all going to go away. Right. When and,
1: things and why- are escalating, mm-hmm. reach out, ask questions, get help. Yeah, exactly. Because why recreate the wheel yourself too. have to figure it all out. What can I do to help? We, we can tell you what to do to help. <laughs> we can give you accommodations that you can use. You can use symbols and sticky notes and external gratification. And, you know, there's a whole list of things I can tell you <laughs> Exactly. And, and help guide you through so that you don't have to do it alone. And you don't have that isolation, which is terribly scary and sad as a parent to feel alone in your parenting and, and exactly. not know what to do.
0: You a lot of parents feel this. like, yeah, they feel like, you know, <laughs> no one else is going through this. It's just, Absolutely. It's just that's my I, I, I look at this parent and, and look how good their kids are doing and that, 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 and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you don't know what's going on with that parent. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what, you know, their child's going through. And maybe their child just had a day like your child had the day before, but you didn't see it.
1: You and, and you don't talk about it because right. why do you want to talk about the stuff that's not good? you know, exactly. so if your family dynamic is all messed up. You know, I might tell my friend that my daughter had a tantrum. I'm not going to say that, you know, we're screaming at the top of our lungs in our house. And, you know, there's all this other stuff. It's just not what you do. So, you know, one of the reasons I, the reason I became a coach was because I felt alone and isolated and alone and singular in my parenting when I was trying to No teachers would help help me figure out what's going on. You know, I just, I was roadblocked and I just thought, no, I'm not gonna have other parents do this when when we can just reach out and help. Exactly. It's just, there's no reason not to get help. There's no reason, exactly. (laughs) And
0: and if you're in a home where the concern is divided, say you have the Mm -hmm. other parent who's like, oh, that's just kids will be kids. You know, that's how the kids are. Or you have even a, a parent who is the grandparent to your child and they're the ones like, what are you making a big fuss over this for? You know, da da da. you her. <laughs> exactly. You know, like Dana said earlier, if you know in your heart something is up, the chances candy. are something is up. So yeah. go reach out. Even if you're like, I'm just gonna do this and I'm not gonna discuss it because they're just gonna slam me down. Mm-hmm. This is your child. This is, this is, you gave birth to this miracle. You want them to grow up to be this incredible, wonderful, miraculous adult. And you know what? They can. They, they can exactly grow up can. to be that. Yes. So, you know, if you feel yeah. in your heart
1: that your child needs help, give them help. Yep. Yes. Them help. Figure, Absolutely. Out, figure out what help they need. And you know, even, if, even if you just need the help to have someone to talk to and to bounce ideas off of and get some support because it's hard parenting is hard it's also amazing but it's also yes hard. <laughs> exactly it's as amazing as it is hard and that's why i
0: exist and dana exists and uh we're here to help you you know with whatever you're struggling with you know whether it's adhd add any other special needs or parenting journey itself yes. you know reach out so while we say reach out, Dana, how can they reach out and
1: find you? They can find me at, you can email me at dana at parentinginreallife.org. And my website, which is now under construction, but my blog looks decent, is <laughs> parentinginreallife.org as well. Um, okay. Yeah.
0: And I'll have those links in the
1: description
0: of our podcast today. Great. So, um yes absolutely you know i encourage you if you have questions about anything reach out to someone and yeah. dana and i are pretty good someone's but, we are. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the phone. you know if, right just just you know if you feel uncomfortable to send an email send a message you know find someone Thank there to that. help you sometimes <laughs> your best help is not necessarily your best friend Or a parent or a family because they think you're overreacting. Yes. That I'm sure you're yeah, you're already thinking, yes, I can tell you how many people have told me I'm overreacting. Right. Right. You know, I always say parents, you know, and especially mothers, and I'm not saying dads don't, dads, I love you, but (laughs) mothers know in their hearts when something is not right. You know, I always, I just did a whole live broadcast on Stranger Danger. Um, oh. And I will, I will put in this podcast. I will make it a podcast, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can find it in Facebook. Because I don't agree with Stranger Danger. Because that's teaching every child that every stranger is dangerous. And their whole world is full of strangers. Everyone's a stranger. Who's
1: and then, a stranger, you know. <laughs> and then you say hi to everybody when you're out. And then the right. kid's like, wait, you're, wait, you're friendly. <laughs> Again. Why are you saying hi? It's stranger. I'm like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I do like to other people. Ooh, we need more of that. But, you know, my teaching is know your feelings. Know that funny feeling in your stomach. Teach your child about these feelings. Like we're telling you, okay. parents, that if you know in your heart something's not right, yeah. do something about it. Your body will often tell you. Yes. It's a very good advisor, your body. You know, where yeah. are some people that are lo- that you love and are very dear to you and don't mean any harm by it, but sometimes they're not your best advisor because they're, they're trying to calm, calm you down from anxiety itself yeah. and, you know, helping you not to worry about it. Well, right, which isn't necessarily the right path to not take. Right path. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So if you see it ex- escalating, reach out. So Dana, um parentinginreallife.org that's her website and,
1: uh, and also on all I, the social media
0: and uh, let say you you know, yeah and on social media too and uh I really enjoyed talking with you I and I so. thank you I hope you guys found some value I hope that you take this advice to heart and um really reach out if you're concerned kids on virtual learning, you know, cut that time down. If the school system is going overboard, speak up, call the principal. I can't tell you how many times in my kids, you know, journey through high school that I called the principal to say, you know, what, this is like overload. This is crazy. I didn't call them crazy. I was respectful. (laughs) Nice. And a kind person. And you know, I did the, you know, I gave him more effectively (laughs) and then I addressed the problem, (laughs) but speak up. The point is speak up. If you know something's not right for your kid, or if you know your child's suffering in a way that you don't think they need to be Mm -hmm. speak up, get help, reach out. If you're not sure, replay the podcast and listen to it again share it with someone who, you know, might need help. And, um, and I'm very grateful for Dana joining us. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And guys, as always, uh, don't forget if you need a book, you can go get my book, Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills and Stop Yelling at Your Kids. And, uh, I'm excited that you all joined us and took the time to listen. I thank you for that. I'm grateful for that. And I wish you days filled with peace, love, and tons of laughter. You know, it really is the best medicine. It really is. And we'll see you here on the next episode of Pumped Up Parenting. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting podcast. Be sure to head over to PumpedUpParenting.com to grab your free copy of the patient's playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, good news, now there is. You can pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, my newest release on Amazon today. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone can blossom from. Have yourself a really fun day. Bye-bye.